Hello. So we're looking at First uh, Samuel chapter twenty-two to twenty-seven today, and um, if one had to highlight the summary of this chapter, it will be that which um, which is not to harm that which the Lord has anointed. And you see here uh, David uh, knowing his place, not trying to usurp authority, not trying to be political, and merely um, allowing God to, I would say, grant him. The success he provides and the promotion he provides. So we start off with um, chapter 22, and it shows that David now escaped to the cave, uh, to the cave of Adullam, and we know that here he has got about 400 men, and these are worthless men, they say, ones who has been um, uh, everyone who was distressed, uh, everyone who was in debt, and everyone who was bitter in soul. Now, hanging around these type of people would have probably made him like them, but he didn't. He wasn't bitter, and he still trusted God. So you see, as you've uh, as he proceeds through the chapter, and Saul is vigorously pursuing him, leaving his entire kingdom uh, astray and not focused. But here, as David calls himself a flea. One who is in the wilderness, he's is focused on him and his destruction. So yeah, there's uh, David goes up. He you remember he gets his sword, and um, Saul is really upset with David that he is now uh, being favored among the people. And then it was uh, Dog the Elamite, Edomite, pardon. Uh, Shares that he saw him at Emilek's uh, uh, talking and and seeking God and giving food, so they naturally Saul would believe that they here is going there is a conspiracy against him, being paranoid that he is. But the sad reality is that eighty some odd of the priests on that day, eighty five, who wore the linen ephod. Uh, who were priests were put to death, child, woman, infant, ox, everything, and this is their family. You must remember. So to kill and divide against its own kingdom shows that already they will not stand. So one of the sons uh, of uh, Itabab, uh, the named Abiathar, escaped and went up to David, and so he looked. He lived with David there. Uh, naturally, even David's family had come and lived with him, or to, uh, yeah, to live with him. But then he actually sends them off to one of the kings of, uh, to live with. Uh, king, we'll get to the as to who it is. So David saved. Um, there's a town called Kela. So he saves them, but it somewhat becomes a trap to him. And here God uh, speaks and provides a way out for David. So here. David is saved, and you can constantly see the supernatural hand of God throughout David's journey away from Saul. He's either hiding in a cave, the men are, fall, are put into a sleep by the Lord, or a messenger comes at the right time, just when they're about to attack David. And here you see, at every end uh, that David comes to, God is there to rescue him, and he acts honorably. In all circumstances, with integrity, knowing that 
this is the Lord's anointed, despite him being rejected. So the thing what I want to mention today is that there is a theology that's amongst, I think, many Pentecostals and Charismatics is that that which God has anointed, we cannot speak against, using David and uh, Saul as an example. That in itself is nonsense, uh, to be honest, because here is a king, and a king who is now the leader to rule over the people, and he's anointed for that task. The only king we have in the New Testament is King Jesus, and that's it. Everyone is a co-laborer. Who is Paul? Who is Barnabas? Who is Apollo? Who is Apostle? Apostolos? Who is Peter? But all ministering servants unto the Lord. So at no point there is a king ruling us. There is neither a prophet nor a priest. It's all Christ. He's prophet, king, and priest. So if somebody is doing something dodgy or wicked in their heart, at no point are we to cover up for them. And then they use the example of uh, Noah and his shame. We do not reveal the shame of our leaders. That too is nonsense. This is not some cover-up story. What, that's what happened with the Catholic Church when they were abusing the children. They covered up each other. We do not do that. Wrong is wrong and right is right. We know what's black and white because we have the Holy Spirit telling us. That's why Jeremiah 31 very clearly states that no longer would his neighbor need to tell him, know the Lord, for they all shall know him. How? Because the Spirit indwells in them. And so here in this way, when David confronts him, his heart, he sees he's a wicked man. He says he will not come near him again. For chapter 24. Then you see that Samuel dies. And then you got the story of how David finds his other wife uh, and uh, Nabal, uh, that was Nabal's wife, and how he deals with uh, he deals with uh, David very harshly. And Abigail is his his wife. We then find that he had another wife who was from Jezreel, and so they are uh, yeah Jezreel. So David took Ahinoam of Jezreel. And both of them became his wife. And so they, then he then realizes, you know what, he can't be on the run in pursuit of David like this constantly. So he decides, well, he's going to go make his alliances with, the, with uh, another outside of the, with the Philistines. So he goes outside. And as you would have it, they use him. And, but he also knows that uh, this is not a place that he's always going to be in. And so the king, what Akish trusted David, thinking that he has made himself an utter stench to the people of Israel. Therefore, he shall always be my servant, but not realizing that he's the servant of the Most High God. And so he stays there for, what, a year and four months? And God uh, gives him great success even there. So you, you know what? There is no moral of any story. The ultimate objective is that God, when he has a plan for somebody, he will bring it to pass. And many times we try to take it in our own hands. And just like the, every time that uh, Saul was brought close for David to have, uh, uh, to have uh, you know, uh, taken vengeance, he acted in, an, in, a, in a manner of respect and peace and love. And I would say that even greater than David is Jesus, greater than the acts of uh, David's, say, convictions or... His boldness is Jesus. And so in all that we do, we've got to realize that we have the anointed one living in us. And therefore, our 
Paulit uh, actions speak even greater volumes than David should do. So there is no I want to clarify that there is no sort of anointed one except the anointed which is the Messiah set apart. So we live and breathe and have and move and have our being in him. Now in as we see David progress coming into the kingship one would have thought well I've been anointed king when I was a young boy or young man and now it's I'm I'm in the back of the wilderness what is this maybe I just got to go and live my life and probably that's what he did as well with no aspirations of the kingdom and I believe that if he realizes that the kingdom is not the goal but the lord and the fellowship of god is then the kingdom is only but a small manner matter all right take it easy speak to you tomorrow Thank you.